and welcome to another episode of Sophia's Choice, a Golden Girls podcast. I am Alan, and of course, joined by Ski. Hello there. And Brent. Hi. <laughs> I don't think he approved of your uh, <laughs> your What's greeting wrong with to my... the listeners. Hello. <laughs> Camden wannabe. <laughs> He's got me. Yeah, very true. Um, so this is going out on, I believe, December 14th is when this one will be hitting. But for us, Hello, future. it's the day after Election Day. Yes. Uh, now, as uh, anybody who's paying attention knows, the results are not final at this point. It certainly seems that Biden is very likely to end up winning. Uh, but, of course, we've probably talked about this. You've maybe heard us, you know, just casually mention things for the last <laughs> five or six weeks. Um, <laughs> and you live in a future that... You probably already know the final results. God willing, you know the final <laughs> results at this point. Right. <laughs> so you said you it's know. gonna be in December, probably. December, yeah, 14th. December fourteenth is when this one should drop. So uh, <laughs> it's that's how many weeks from now? Let's see. Today is the in, the in real life for us. It's November fourth. So yeah, so we're talking five weeks. Yeah, like five and a half weeks. Months oh. and ten days. You could have at least four presidential reveal parties. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> 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 yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, I, I, I wonder how many laws that you can file in five week period. <laughs> I bet a lot. <laughs> you know, it's it's one of those things that if if I know one thing in this world, it's that you know Blanche puts out. But if I know three things in this world. It's that Blanche puts out um, testing causes COVID. That's and right. Counting ballots causes lost elections. <laughs> <laughs> no, counting ballots causes stolen elections. <laughs> exactly. So. <laughs> so. Yeah, we'll have to see how it's it turns out. It's all fraudulent. Out. You know, I, I hope. I hope, regardless of the result, that we have some semblance of uh, unity, peace. Uh, well, unity certainly would be non -war. great. Non-war, just. Just less of all this. You know, I just, you know, I hope a little less tension in the world, in the country at least. Um, I've given up on that. Yeah. I mean, you're it's, probably smart to give up on it, but. It's I, too close. It's so much closer than it has any right to be. Yeah. I mean, it, it is. I was hoping that it wouldn't be close. I mean, honestly, I would. There's part of me that would almost hope it wouldn't be close in either direction, whichever yeah. way it went. That it was just like, okay. I guess I'm just in the minority, something. and I accept that, or yeah. the other side's a minority, and hopefully, you know, we move <laughs> forward. But yeah, like you said, it's well. Now pretty, Biden has had split. a landslide in the uh, popular vote, though. They said it broke some records. Well, I mean, I think he broke records for maybe the number of votes he got, but not the yeah. margin by yeah. any means. No, 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 agreed. So, yeah, I mean, the but margin they, was pretty close. I mean, Trump also, got more votes than he did last time, yeah. also. Yeah, they're also saying that more people voted. Yeah, the last minute, and that's great. I, I'm glad. Yeah, I think that wasn't you know. there a week in which more, more people voted for Sanjaya than anybody else ever. <laughs> yeah, I think so. Okay, so. point proven, sir. Okay. <laughs> if Brent knows one thing, it's his American Idol history. <laughs> Just that that's, one season. That, believe it or not, that's a name I recognize. Yeah, well, it's a very distinct name, and Never it was a phenomenon. He was yeah very mediocre, um, uh, but yeah, continued. He ran the board for weeks on yeah, end. It was literally. In a way, it was kind of a precursor to some things going on today. It's like people were hate voting for him <laughs> um, just because they didn't like the, you know, I think Simon gave him yeah. such shit all the time. So. Exactly. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, they were they were voting. Much like this election, there was a certain percentage that were voting against Simon more than they were voting for Sanjaya. Exactly. <laughs> so. That's a pretty apt uh, analogy. Yeah. yeah. Um, but like I said, I hope that we have peace 
a relative. Um, I hope that we at least start moving in that direction. Uh, But who knows? You know, I guess you guys, like I said, at this point, when you're listening to it, you know more about what's going on than we do as we're recording it. So to all our international listeners, I'm sorry that we're crazy. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've always been a little crazy, but we we used to hide it better. (laughs) So well said. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyways. So with that, you guys know, uh, know where we're at in times. So now let's know where we are at when it comes to reviewing and rating this episode. (laughs) So we got season two. Episode 19, Long Day's Journey into Marinara. So with that, I'll go ahead and turn it over to Ski to start off our recap. Odd name, I thought, for the title, but it makes a little bit of sense, I guess, when you get into it. Yeah, well, of course, I mean, it's marinara at all in this episode or have any meal at all. They talk about pasta a lot. Well, they do have meals, but I don't know if there's marinara in it or not, because, you know, she... uh, No, there's a chicken meal, but there are no sides (laughs) or accoutrement for that bird. (laughs) Yeah, but she made food beforehand, and she was talking about how if you really liked it, Mm. you would be using your bread to sop up the sauce. So I guess we can assume maybe that was the marinara that is referred to. But but anyway, so with that, Ski, I'll go ahead and uh, turn that over to you to start a recap off. All right. Original air date for this one was February 21st, 1987. Uh, This one was written by... Barry Finero and Mort Nathan, and again directed by uh, Mr. Terry Hughes. Uh, we open in the living room. Uh, we see Dorothy and Blanche uh, in the living room kind of watching the nightly news with Mr. Tom Brokaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dorothy is inspired by a story about a heart transplant, uh, whereas Blanche is just picturing Tom naked. Was Tom Brokaw like a heartthrob? I mean, uh, I, was he? Yeah, I mean, I think, I think as much as like any like authority figure like is. newsman yeah. kind of a okay fair ron enough. burgundy style yeah well i mean ron burgundy <laughs> is, is definitely a heartthrob but you know that's that's the reason why uh san diego was able to stay classy for that's as long as they were absolutely mm-hmm. true so. yeah well like when when the newscast is over i've never seen anybody grab the remote as quickly as dorothy did in order to avoid watching jeopardy I mean, <laughs> it was just like he was like and that's our broadcast click <laughs> she had no interest in watching an extra 30 seconds of television yeah well you know she knew the commercials were coming up and she's like we don't have you mm-hmm. know dvr yet so i exactly. just gotta you know stick it to the man as best i can exactly she's like i'm not in the prime demographic or whatever they're advertising next <laughs> i don't know i'd have to imagine the nightly news she would definitely be in the prime demographic for whatever should be coming up hmm. next gotcha so yeah. but i'm sorry uh just then sophia and uh her male companion tony arrive home uh having won a dance contest uh she gives him a little smooch after uh, telling the girls uh to give him some privacy um and then he heads off she comes back over to him and uh sits down explaining that tony is quite the catch mm-hmm. for a lady of her age uh, then Rose comes in the living room behind and uh, somewhat in a hurried manner and holding a cage with a chicken inside uh, the girls immediately tell her no <laughs> regarding keeping the animal in the house but uh, she pleads with them explain that uh, she's watching for a lady named Sylvia she met at the grief center yeah this grief center it doesn't characters. seem like a grief center. It seems like a mental health facility that, you know, maybe grief counseling is one of their many, mm-hmm. you know, things. But the way she describes Sylvia is not just like, oh, this woman's going through a rough time. Yeah. You know, it sounds like she had some extensive other counseling beforehand, mm-hmm. medications and whatnot. Yeah. But well, then, uh, Sophie even calls that out a bit a little later in the uh, episode. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It just seems like it's a branch office for Craigslist. Yeah. <laughs> it's like next episode, she's going to bring home an old futon. Right. <laughs> They're like, you know what? What job could we introduce any odd character into the mix? Mm-hmm. Grief Center. That's exactly. the sad people. They're always the, the weirdos in this world. <laughs> it's a very anti-antidepressant. Uh, right. <laughs> Um, so, you know, they uh, kind of question Sylvia's state of mind. Right. Again. And, uh, you know, citing that, you know, she had past mental issues like we just talked about. And the fact that she keeps a chicken in her home. Uh, Rose argues that, you know, she also kept a chicken in her home. But Dorothy only uses that fact against her. Right. <laughs> uh, she explains that the chicken named Count Bessie is a showbiz chicken. Mm-hmm. Uh, she then shows the girls that it can play the piano. A tiny piano by using its feet and beat to kind of strike the keys. Mm-hmm. Uh, the girls begrudgingly agree that you know, she can keep it there for the meantime, but tell her to make sure she keeps it locked up in the cage. Doesn't I think at some point she would have, like, you know, mentioned the eggs? Yeah, you would think so. Like, the, the, there could be another benefit <laughs> exactly. to having this chicken living in your house. Um, there was a couple lines in this opening scene that I liked. Um, I yeah, did I kind of skimmed through it. No, Sorry. no, that's fine. No, that's perfect, actually. But, um, one thing I thought, and this is a little bit of a theme in this episode, is that there were three different times, I think, where Blanche made her own self laugh. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she was really loving her own brand of comedy. In this she one. really she does. Was. Yeah, that is, that is a theme that comes it's back. It's just icky. That's the thing I don't much care for. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. The sad thing is, is that it, it's my own jokes that I do tend to laugh yeah. the hardest at. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a, it's a fault that I have. I'm not a good laugher. I mean, I'm probably friends with you two because you're both good laughers. <laughs> and I'm thankful that you don't hold my <laughs> inabilities against me yeah. um, more than maybe you do. But, but yeah, she mentions uh, about the, uh, I think the song she wanted it to play was Bye Bye Birdie mm-hmm. and laughs yeah. at that yeah. joke. Yeah. Um, also mentions when someone comes to knock the door, which we'll probably get to here in a second, that uh, maybe it's the uh, Count's clarinet player, Henny Goodman. Yeah. Um, she, again, was quite pleased with herself <laughs> with, uh, with those two jokes. But yeah. What was the chicken's name again? Count, Count Bessie. Count That's Bessie, right. yeah. Which, wouldn't it be Countess? Um, I would think so, too. I actually, but, I think it's a play on, na- on names because I looked up online. Uh, there was a Count Bassie, which mm-hmm. was a famous... Uh, musician, I forget. He played like an instrument, though. I piano. believe there's like a um, a theater in New Jersey called the Count Basie Theater or Bass, whatever. Basie, yeah. Basie, yeah. Basie, yeah. Basie. Um, yeah. He so. did um he did an album with Frank Sinatra called "It Might as Well Be Swing." Oh, really? That's probably my all time favorite Frank Sinatra album. How wow. many Frank Sinatra albums have you listened to? That's the only one I've listened to oh, religiously. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like so. I listened to a couple others on the greatest hits and stuff, but that's the only one I returned to again and again. Oh, okay. But well. that was because it was um, Frank and Count Basie and uh, Quincy Jones did the arrangements. Oh, okay. Like a young that's Quincy a Jones, like 22, 23. I hadn't heard of Count so. Basie before. I probably heard some of his music, but yeah. of course Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So... He's famous. He wore a little sailor cap, like the captain's kneel, like that kind of hat, you know. Yeah, so that would have probably been Quincy Jones, pre-Rashida Jones. Oh, well, yeah, well before. Okay. It would have been, yeah, at least 20 years before. Hmm. Interesting. Like Rashida Jones. So. I think she's going to be an attractive older woman. Yeah, probably so. I mean, she's an attractive woman of her age yeah. <laughs> at this point. So, Woman of a certain age. Does she have a certain age yet? Oh, I think so. You think so? Do you think like I mean? She, I think she's she, at least forty. Is that of a certain age? Yeah. <laughs> okay, so, so we're men of a certain age now. Oh God, yes. Hmm. 
I don't know. I guess. I mean, would you feel comfortable? Elderly. <laughs> we're more than a half step from elderly. <laughs> I'd say we're at least a, a solid step and a half from elderly, because I, I feel like there's your fifties. You're not elderly in your fifties, right? Wouldn't you agree? I think you are. I don't know. I, I don't know by today's standards. I'd say you're golden. <laughs> you're <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't know. You have a more dour outlook on <laughs> the aging process and whatnot, but uh, I, I guess we'll just have to agree to disagree on that yeah. one. Depends on the age. Like, like, and I don't see, I mean, the age of people, I mean, the age of the world. Oh, okay. Like, back in the uh, 1800s, 50 would be, like, old. Yeah, but, you know, we're not in the 1800s. So, <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, even back in, yeah. like, the 50s or the 60s, if someone died at the age of 60, you'd be like, yeah. he lived a good life, you know. Yeah. Whereas now, if someone dies at 60, you're like, oh, you know, it was tragically taken too young. Yeah. Um, so. so I was reading something earlier, and it just it, it blew my mind for two reasons. Number one, just how interesting it was, and two, <laughs> just how ignorant I am oh, okay. of, <laughs> you know, history. Okay, um, so you know, the, in Northern Africa, okay, we had two tribes that sort of split off, okay? okay, and then the tribe that stayed, you know, evolved into Homo sapiens, okay, okay. and then the tribe that sort of left evolved into uh, Neanderthals okay. and cavemen and everything, okay, and they just sort of did their own thing, um, but they still had skirmishes you know because even back then there's a finite amount of land right and so they did battle okay okay and they did battle for just over 100,000 years <laughs> <laughs> until finally the homo sapiens were able to defeat the neanderthals <laughs> and it was just one of those things that yeah, it just blew my mind. Yeah, <laughs> that that portion of time, right? Yeah, a hundred thousand years yeah. <laughs> just fighting one another. Yeah, it is. That is crazy, isn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, because I, I feel like I've heard that humans in our current form yeah. have only been on the earth for about thirty thousand years. Yeah. So you know, this was, of course, our predecessors. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is crazy that a hundred thousand. Well, it's crazy to think too that even back then when man was so much less developed when it was more primal yeah there was still plenty of racism <laughs> yeah, like, yeah fuck those neanderthals yeah. there was interbreeding between the two species though yeah i mean you're proof positive so. proof positive yes <laughs> my my prominent brow right <laughs> sloped back <laughs> excessive sweat <laughs> so. giant but yet stubby fingers <laughs> <laughs> That's why you're the ladies, man. That's like right. Think, they all they all go for the uh, the unibrow, right? Yeah. Like to think Ski was held up as you know the future of humanity, right? It's like, look at this miracle hybrid baby bringing our worlds together. <laughs> well, I would like to think that he succeeded only because that miracle allowed the Homo sapiens to then slaughter the rest of the Neanderthals. Yeah, you know. Um, kind of a trojan horse type of a situation yeah, yeah. Um, well what well, was so i guess and the reason it was rough was because like so like the neanderthals they took over all of europe and everything and they had more land while the homo sapiens pretty much just hung out in africa and so because they had a smaller area to defend they could do so but they couldn't branch out to the others because the neanderthals had sort of taken it over oh, okay. you know 
Um, but it was also that eventually it, they were just stronger because they were, you know, strictly, you know, hunting or mm-hmm. whatever. They weren't doing any farming or whatever. Um, and they were, you know, they just copulated more often. So okay. there were more of them. But eventually the Homo sapiens just got smarter and they invented bows and arrows. And then they were able to attack and, you know, gradually, you know, drive them extinct. But it took 100,000 years for wow. them to finally that do that. was a long battle. Huh? Yeah. Kind of makes you feel like our war on drugs is still, you know, still winnable. And it's <laughs> we'll win it when the 50th state <laughs> legalizes it. Oh, so you're on the other side, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> aren't you? Uh, I mean, I guess when it comes to that particular drug, I mean, I'm indifferent. Um, Which for particular myself, drug? I, I assume you're referring to marijuana, <laughs> jazz cigarettes, <laughs> jazz, <laughs> the devil's lettuce, um. <laughs> devil's lettuce. <laughs> Apparently, I think Oregon just uh, legalized uh, psilocybin mushrooms. Oh, really? Yes. <laughs> was that on their? Uh, was that on the ballot? Apparently, yeah. <laughs> You say simple Simon mushrooms? Psilocybin, I think it's called. Oh, okay. I thought it was like a particular brand. Simple Simon. (laughs) Yeah, they sponsored the bill. Exactly. (laughs) Wasn't that Simple Simon? Wasn't that someone Rick and Morty? I probably was, but I mean, I think Simple Simon predates Rick and Morty. Yeah, um, and it was a bit in Die Hard with a Vengeance. Well, I know the the phrase is, but I think there's like a cookie called like Simple Simon Cookies or something. Oh, okay. Rick and Morty, but yeah. Oh, maybe that was the uh, sponsor of those shrooms that you're <laughs> referring to. But Do we have any viewer mail this week? What's that? Any viewer mail this week? Uh, no, no. We got a couple likes on our episodes, um, but uh, no no new communications. So, okay. sorry. sorry. I'd like for you to say report. communicate. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, if I was in the middle of it and ending one, I would say incommunicate, but, you know. I just like the way it sounds. Yeah, fair enough. I think we should go back to a lot of the old Mr. Burns type style speech, <laughs> <laughs> but... You know, I'm not in charge of that kind of thing. Yeah, you could be. Yeah, you could be. <laughs> yeah, with all the reach of our <laughs> podcast, we could really change the vernacular. That's right. We're the bringing world. back a hoy hoy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Poor a hoy hoy. It just really never made its, uh, mm-hmm. you know, failure to launch kind of a situation. But anyways, it still yeah. lives on in our hearts and minds, though. Yeah. I've been there. <laughs> You've been there, like you're the one who has failed to launch and lives on the hearts and minds of others. Yeah, oh. <laughs> just the failed launch part. Oh, okay, I told you I'm elderly. <laughs> well, we need to get Blue Chew as a sponsor or something. Get who? Blue Chew. I don't know what that is. I believe it's a apparently. Um, some Dollar General Viagra. Basically, yeah. I think so. I mean, they advertise for it on uh, on Tell Them Steve Day, and so and, yeah, it basically sounds like it's. I, I think Viagra is out of the patent time or whatever, gotcha. so now other companies can make gotcha. um, ED medication. Gotcha. <laughs> so I believe that's one that is currently making the rounds on certain podcasts. Gotcha. So. Um, you know, it sounds like uh, Brent could not only be a sponsor, but also a client. <laughs> that was all just for the sake of the bit. Yeah. <laughs> There's no truth there whatsoever. Tune in next episode when I prove it. <laughs> so what, are you going to rape one of us on the next episode? Be like, I don't even care that you're a man. Stay tuned to find out who. <laughs> uh, that brings me to the next point. I've got to miss the next one. <laughs> I'm going to be sick. Oh, well. You guys can go ahead and vote. Thumbs up for Alan. Heart sign for Ski. 
Yeah, I don't know. Like, what if that was the thing that finally like had a lot of other people reaching out? <laughs> I think I would be worried about our listeners. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess I'd be I happy to engage. Behind that cause. <laughs> so, I don't know. I don't think they Brent need would my input. Word, so. <laughs> I want my voice to be heard. Right. Yeah. Every vote counts. So. <laughs> Is the season, Alan. Mm-hmm, exactly. Everybody's just in that voting mood right now. <laughs> exactly. So, well, if this was hitting closer to the actual date that we're recording it, then yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think by December 14th, it's going to, you know, the voting fervor will have died down. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Everybody's going to be as apathetic as you plan to be going forward. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but, yeah, anyways. So go ahead, Ski. I think. Uh, Loop back. Okay, yeah. so uh, we just had uh, Rose who had. Uh, Secured a place for uh, Count Bessie, Bessie, Bessie uh, to stay in the house. Uh, she exits the room, and then uh, Sophia asks the girls to clarify. You know, Rose works in a place that helps others with mental issues, right? Mm-hmm. And they confirm this, and she says, uh, "If they, she asks if they know how to contact Morley Safer, uh, the sixty minutes correspondent. Right. I'm assuming to do a special story yeah. on her. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a call six for help type of situation. Yeah, it was my guess. Yeah, yeah. Like she doesn't really specify, but yeah, it's like the eighth episode in a row where she's mentioned calling sixty minutes in to investigate. <laughs> yeah, apparently, maybe they were having a little cross advertising. Yeah. With <laughs> it was like last episode, or maybe one before, but she was like, you know, investigating shady pines, or right? Whatever, yeah. Something. Do you guys know if uh, they're Mike on the Wallace same just network? Happened to show by. I don't know, yeah. Probably are. Are they not? You don't no, think? No, because Golden Girls was on um, NBC. Oh, okay. Well, um, sixty minutes is a CBS show. Gotcha. Yeah. But in fairness, I mean, sixty minutes is like the longest running show in history, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know that reference works. Holds regardless. up either way. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. You know what number two is? <laughs> What's that? You know what second? Oh, is it The Simpsons? Oh, no. Mama's Family. Mama's Family? Yeah. (laughs) That's number two in your heart. Exactly. (laughs) Listen, just because it's been on a nonstop loop (laughs) ever since it premiered uh, for you doesn't mean... I'm still writing new episodes. (laughs) Are you? Yeah. You've got, like, volumes of fan fiction for (laughs) Mama's Family? Um, Season's worth. (laughs) Exactly. Vinton's about to be a (laughs) great-grandpa. And an uncle at the same time. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeehaw. I couldn't remember the, the boy's name. Um, Bubba? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't feel proud that I know that yeah. name, but um, somewhat impressed with myself. <laughs> yeah, the neighbor, Iola. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize, but she played Gunny on Major Dad. Oh, really? Yeah. I may have known that when I was a child, but I'd forgotten that yeah. in the intervening years. Yeah, I'd have to check it again to jog my memory I remember the show on. Major Dad, but I don't think I ever really watched it on a regular basis. Yeah. It was a good show. Mm-hmm. It was a good show. Well. Mm-hmm. Let's hear it for Henny. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, 60 minutes there. Right. reference. Uh, then the doorbell rings, and uh, Dorothy answers. And it's Sophia's sister, Angela, who has come to visit. Um, she's there for uh, a vacation, but nobody knows that uh, she was coming because apparently... Uh, she had uh, either lost the letter she sent in the mail or uh, Sophia actually claims that she never sent it and she just forgot. And then Angela claims that she never forgets but then immediately confuses Rose and Blanche for one another. Right. Yeah, there was an odd part that I, I don't know. I guess 
I don't know if there was some reason they did it this way or if it was just a little error that they didn't bother to go back in and correct. But, you know, uh, Sophia leans over to Blanche to tell her that uh, she never sent it, she forgets. But she puts her hand up to indicate she's whispering, but her hand is up to where she would be blocking out <laughs> Blanche and pushing the sound in the direction of, you know, Angela instead, which I don't know. It was just an odd little thing, which yeah. I... I can only assume the director was like, yeah, so try to whisper it. And so she does the hand gesture to yeah. whisper it, not realizing that she's, you know, <laughs> yeah. needs to go on the other side of her mouth when she's doing that. But yeah. I thought it was a, I, the only thing, other thing I could think of, like, maybe maybe she did it the one way at first. And like, we can't see what you're saying. Like, mm-hmm. we can't see your lips moving. Kind of like yeah. a stage so, type deal. Yeah. yeah. So. I like the audience always talks to, or like the, the actors talk to the audience. Or right. Yeah. But. How many episodes has it been since Angela showed up? Like not four or five? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She was, you know. Not far back. And this episode, I felt like really, I will get to it, I guess, later as far as the ratings go, but <laughs> I enjoyed her appearance on this episode. Yeah. So I thought she was pretty good in both. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was a law diminishing returns, but I mean, it was fine. Yeah, it was a lot of the same shtick. Yeah. But uh, so. I'll still give it eight slices. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dorothy suggests that she uh, maybe lay down and take a rest after her long trip. Because she was coming from Sicily. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Angela protests, saying that she just arrived, doesn't really want to. Uh, then Rose jumps into a story about, you know, how she got gets tired after long trips. And all of a sudden, Angela and the rest of the crew start getting uh, sleepy and feeling tired and uh, start heading to the bedroom. However, Rose warns them that, you know, she'll just be finishing the story whenever they all wake up. Yeah, I like that little sly move from Rose. That was yeah, uh, she knew it was up. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. at least I guess she's had them walk out on her stories enough now <laughs> to know yeah. that it's like, no, they're just full of shit. <laughs> and yeah. I have yeah. to make sure that they understand this is being told one way or the other. It's one of those things, though. I mean, she needs to cut them some slack. They just let her bring home a chicken. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> I mean, if there's any time when they deserve the opportunity to bow out of a story, mm-hmm. it's after exactly allowing her to keep a barnyard creature in the house. Exactly. And not like, you know, a money generating one like a minx. Right, yeah. <laughs> That's right, yeah. And so they turn back around and sadly return to their seats to endure Rose's story. Right. <laughs> Which, unfortunately, we did not get to hear. Right, but. yeah. The first part of it, though, she does talk about how her uncle was an inventor and came up with a, I believe, low-voltage sensor to tell what was in the center of a candy piece, right? Yeah. yeah. And the only one, to her knowledge, that yeah. exists. <laughs> yeah. And so we, uh, we change scenes. I do. It is a good idea, though. Is you it? know, like, do you s- maybe sound waves be like, you know, determine if it's peanuts or nougat or what <laughs> caramel in the center it kind of be like a fish Peanut detector yeah exactly <laughs> density I mean, generator exactly exactly it's like oh off the charts this is a take five <laughs> well i mean how much money would you be willing to spend on this device i mean <laughs> a box of chocolates isn't all that expensive uh-huh. and so it seems like <laughs> like a whitman sampler <laughs> yeah <laughs> well and most of them now have like a little guide uh, right yeah tells what's where. but you know someone mixes it up you got to get out yeah. the <laughs> get out oh the no device. this one's round too right <laughs> yeah the uh first time i met my in-laws They'd gotten a Whitman sampler, you know, because I guess that they're elderly and that's what you do when you have company over for the first time or something. Oh, so like they that. went out and bought it specifically yes, for yeah, the gathering. Yeah, just for me. Okay. okay. Very nice. And 
Um, you know, my wife's mother sets it right in front of me and tells me to help myself. You know, like she opens it up, takes the lid off, sits it there so I can easily just I don't have to bend or anything. I just stick my hand out and take a piece and help myself. Right. Um, and over the course of the evening, I polished it off <laughs> because, you know, if I'm nervous or I don't want to talk or whatever the reason, I'm going to grab a piece of candy if it's readily available. And and then, like, they were they were shitty because I polished off their Whitman sampler <laughs> that was right there in front of me that they told me to help myself with. Yeah. Okay. But it's not – I found – in thinking about it and everything and everything that subsequently happened – I don't think that they were annoyed that I finished it off. I think they were annoyed that they set the precedent that every time I come over, they have to buy a damn Whitman sampler. <laughs> you're going to finish off in your one sitting. Exactly. That dude loves his chocolate. Exactly. Well, they're coming in for a week. We better buy seven of these bitches. Exactly. <laughs> Pre-diabetic motherfucker. <laughs> I just like the idea. Like I think of it as kind of like a cartoonish thing where you're just taking them and shoveling them in. <laughs> it was only a 10-minute con- conversation oh, right <laughs> <laughs> like i do remember getting just a little um not giggly but what's the what's the word sugar rush to it or it's just something where like jittery maybe just <laughs> like where you're just overly amused by everything oh, that's okay. going on or whatever and like we mentioned like laughing at our own bits i was cracking myself up because um they're the most hardcore catholic people i know okay and they have all these um, Catholic statues all around their living room. Like, if you told me there were 75, I was like, that makes sense. Like, they've got a complete set. Okay, That's half as many as you have, Alan. (laughs) I I look over to the little coffee table next to me, and it's probably about 12 inches tall um, of Archbishop Archbishop Desmond Tutu. Oh, okay. And I remember just partway through the evening, I pop a candy in my mouth and chew it, and I look over at Desmond, and I'm like, what are you talking about, Willis? (laughs) 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 Then I went back to my candy, and it just really struck me as funny. (laughs) Did you say this out loud? Yeah, (laughs) just out loud, just in my own (laughs) cornholio state. (laughs) And then you put your shirt over your head and started wandering around the running around their condo. Yeah. <laughs> the eternal search for TP. It yeah. never ends. Yeah. I don't know. Brent well it's funny too, because I don't think he was being like a big sweets type person yeah, either. No. Yeah. Like I don't know if I've ever I've been with you at restaurants many <laughs> times and never seen you order a dessert yeah. or any, you know yeah. you know, syrupy type thing or anything yeah. like that. So But he yeah. likes to talk to you. What's that? Well, so, <laughs> yeah, so you yeah. don't feel that awkwardness of me to just <laughs> exactly. I like the idea of they're like they ask you a question and then you're like and then you grab a piece of chocolate <laughs> and you give them like the just a second like you're starting to chew it but then you yeah. eat it exactly. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, come back to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think the only time I've ever nervously eaten in front of you was that time I ordered the Shire Scramble <laughs> from Denny's. Oh, you had all those sausages. <laughs> yes. <laughs> You're like, well, I don't know Alan that well. I don't want to send mixed messages. <laughs> nibble on this bratwurst at two in the morning. Yeah. Well, it was awkward that you ate it from the side. <laughs> like it was a near of corn. Right. <laughs> that was when I realized that you were a bigot. <laughs> Why does that make me a bigot? Well, because you were so afraid that I would think that you were, uh, you know, 
that I would phallicize that while you were eating it, that you had to do it a different way. Just be like, hey, no homos here. <laughs> now, most of that story is a lie, except for the fact that you did order a sausage-filled platter at Denny's <laughs> yeah, one time. It was, uh, it was a themed after The Hobbit. or Yeah, yeah, yeah. or the, whatever the Lord of the Rings movie was that was yeah. out at the time. Yeah. So. Was I with you guys on that one? I don't you remember may that. have been, but yeah. uh, you've probably been with us in movies like, I don't know, maybe a third of the oh, time, gotcha. I would guess. Because yeah. the first, before he had met you, like he and I would go to movies occasionally, and <laughs> um, you know, then he started joining along mm-hmm. a little ways in. It's good times. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm kind of bummed now, though, that uh, Movies 8 only has new run movies now. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm kind of bummed that we still don't have anything that's all that decent as far as new art movies available. In, well, you know. Well, that I'd even feel comfortable to go to a theater to yeah. watch a newer movie, I guess. Yeah, me and Nikki, we had the uh, AMC like movie pass mm-hmm. that we could do up to three a week, right? Yeah, you guys are putting AMC out of business with the way that you abuse we that thing. We do it frequently, yeah. Um, and it was a decent price. It was like twenty bucks for the month or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we don't do, we don't have really, we have Netflix, but that's the only subscription thing we have. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was a pretty good alternative for uh, entertainment at the time. But uh, like, I guess. They will automatically reinstate it by December first, unless we cancel specifically. Oh, okay. But like when the COVID uh, shutdown hit, mm-hmm. they just discontinued everybody, like like yeah. put it on pause basically. Yeah. So we need to decide if we want to continue to do that, if we're even willing to go back to theaters on a regular basis. Because if we're not, why pay money to this? Well, one thing I saw that's pretty cool um, is that I think AMC around here, at least. Is doing anything where you can just rent out the entire theater yeah. um, for a fairly reasonable price. Now they had older movies; they're like a hundred bucks, yeah. like to rent really? out a theater for for yeah. you know, like a movie that, like a, a modern classic type movie. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some of them were like middle size, like the more recent Jumanji movie or something yeah. like that. That's amazing. A um, hundred bucks though. That yeah. is really yeah. Well, now for like newer runs, like the New Mutants was available, sure. and I think that was like two fifty or something. Yeah. Still, though, not bad. <laughs> not at all, yeah. So. What was interesting is, um, like, the quality of the modern classic also, you know, factored into that price. Right, yeah. So it was like, you know, it's $100 if you want to watch, like, A League of Their Own, you know. Sure. But if you want to watch Hocus Pocus, it was like 250 Yeah. <laughs> now, in fairness, I don't know that the, the that may have more to do with the timing because, obviously, yeah, I was yeah. like, I think they introduced that right beginning around, of October, yeah. maybe, so yeah. right when it would be a very yeah, appropriate well time. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, if you were going to have a party of something, like trying to have a small socially distant yeah. party, yeah, not a bad idea, really. Or like a school gathering or something, extracurricular club or something. Yeah, although I think they have pretty strict limits on the number. I want to say it was like 20 that you could have in there. Yeah, yeah. well, I'm saying like a school club. You don't usually oh, have club, a lot more yeah, than that. Oh, a school club, yeah. I, guess, yeah. I was thinking of a like field trip, but, yeah, a club would work out. So, anyway, I don't know. So, if you're itching to see a movie, 100 bucks will get you a private theater at AMC if one's around you. <laughs> so, anyway, go ahead. All right. So, uh, we're back to change the scene. Uh, we see Dorothy uh, sitting on the couch reading uh, when Rose enters with a small snack dish. But then she immediately realizes she forgot something in the kitchen. So, she lays it down and heads back into the other room. And then Dorothy, you know, grabs a little bite out of the dish. Uh, and Rose gets back in a second later, and she says, that's not bad. What is it? Rose picks up uh, the tray, and so she responds, I'm not sure. The pet store calls it chicken chow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She liked it, though, so it seems like she reacted. Do you think you'd react that strongly if you found you had eaten pet yeah, food, she, but she, she thought it was good? Dorothy <laughs> immediately tries to spit it out and do like right, a napkin yeah. or something. I'm just unsure, like, a why a Miami pet shop sells chicken food. Well... 
I, there's probably some sort of a, I mean, especially that Rose knows about some sort of a weird feed store around there. <laughs> like, I could see like a feed store or something, tractor supply store, but just, you know, Uncle Bill's. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> With their chicken chow section. Exactly. I don't know. Maybe there's some uh, a, a few families in there with their urban farms that um, mm-hmm. you know raise a handful of chickens. Yeah. Yeah. So they don't have to buy eggs from that market when they're getting their loin of pork. Exactly. So. <laughs> exactly. Tired of paying grocery store prices <laughs> right. for eggs. Or I mean, as we know, you could also just cook the chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. As we Not find out soon enough. Uh, so yeah, Dorothy spits up the uh, the tasty treat. And Sophia enters the room and starts. Uh, I think chickens are vegetarian. Are they? I think so. Oh, you mean <laughs> you mean the chicken itself is vegetarian? Correct. I thought you were trying to justify <laughs> eating chicken for a vegetarian. Oh, no, no, no. you could no. probably make an, a case for that. No, no, you no. Know, no, the chicken only eats veggies its whole life. Yeah, yeah. so essentially, I'm just, <laughs> yeah. I'm just following suit. Uh, yeah, Sophia enters and starts uh, immediately listing gripes about having to live with Angela over the past three weeks because she's been staying with him. Uh, Dorothy begs her to try and get along with her sister and points out that she's complained about various times when you know she's even a little bit infringed on her uh, privacy or used her stuff. Right. A few of them do seem like intrusions, though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's probably a, le- a legit you know complaint about some of that, but she also I think overblows a lot of it too. Right. And Sophia is uh, confident that she'll never find a place. She always seems to have the same objections to homes that she's checked out. It's too small. There's not enough light. You know, there's no room for a goat. Right. That's always one of the top concerns that uh, realtors have to deal with. (laughs) And uh, Angela and Blanche. Actually, I think I left a lot of stuff out earlier, didn't I? Mm -hmm. You're fine. I mean, no, I think you're more or less. Because... Have we gotten to the point where she's uh, done the cooking for him yet? Because obviously that's a big part of it. So Angela's there, and she she finds she basically tells him that, no, no, never mind. I'm a, I'm not there yet. But okay. <laughs> I'm getting ahead of myself. Sorry, just confused my own brain. Uh, but yeah, she says she'll never find a place because she always has the same objections. Uh, Angela and uh, Blanche arrive back, and Angela starts telling them about this apartment she just visited. Uh, but then gives, of course, the exact same reasons not to move in right. that Sophia had just listed. Angela invites him into the kitchen for dinner while, again, insulting Sophia's cooking. Uh, they then all sit down and uh, to some delicious-looking fried chicken. I mean, you can definitely tell that uh, Sophia... The way that Sophia treats Dorothy is apparently a family you right, know, trait. Right, yeah, it's, it's, because, it's passed down. Yeah, Angela treats Sophia exactly the same way that she does <laughs> Dorothy. So, yeah. At that moment, Rose bursts in telling the girls that you know Count Bessie is missing uh, from her cage and she can't find her. And the girls who are holding pieces of chicken at the time all begin to think in their minds that Count Bessie must be dinner. <laughs> right. <laughs> so then they ask Angela where she got the chicken and she tells them she got it from the garage. Of course, Rose is horrified by the prospect that they're about to eat yeah. poor Count Bessie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of our great artists die young, so you know, <laughs> perhaps Count Bessie would have been remembered even more fondly, you know, had her life been cut tragically short. Maybe, maybe. Just a one-hit wonder. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, what was the song? She played it. Mary Had a Little Lamb, I think it was the one she played, at least the first song. And then I think we I hear... I it was Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. That comes I thought it later. was the alphabet. 
(laughs) (laughs) Thank you for picking up what I was putting down. Yeah, I think uh, I think we're all correct. (laughs) (laughs) We'll agree to agree. I like the fact that your initial response is like, no, that's the later song. <laughs> yeah. Did well, you, like when you were watching it, did you really think it was two different songs? I guess the first time, I didn't even think about it. The first time I was like, oh, that's Mary Had a Little Lamb. And then the second time I heard a song, oh, it's Twinkle Twinkle Little Star. I mean, I guess I didn't even uh-huh. think about the fact that they're the exact same song <laughs> yeah. and different words. But, yeah. So I don't know. I, I guess I'd have to really listen back to the episode to see if there was even any subtle differences yeah. <laughs> it was just all in your mind right yeah it probably was um, i like to fill in a lot of the you know blank spaces with my own context <laughs> same i think uh, human brains do that anyway don't they yeah yeah i mean fill that's how animation the, works fill in the so, gaps but. Uh, so then we see uh, Rose alone in the kitchen. <laughs> I'm sure that's what the writers were like. Oh, we'll bring in a chicken and a piano. and <laughs> <laughs> We'll let the viewers' imaginations run wild. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> this episode writes itself. <laughs> exactly. Question exactly. becomes, do you think they actually found a musical chicken or do you think they dubbed it in uh-huh. and just had the chicken making movements? Well, I mean, the second song, we don't see the chicken at all. We right. just yeah. hear it from the other room. Um, but, I mean, the first one... It did look like it was hitting specific keys. Yeah, but I would still have to think they more than likely dubbed it in. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I would kind of see that, except it brought up its leg to hit that one note. Oh, okay. You know? Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's Like it was you... actually trained to do it? Yeah, like, and I don't know, like, you could fit... Because it sounded different, like, on the soundtrack. That one note was like, you know? Oh, yeah. <laughs> The leg notes. I don't know. Yeah, you may be correct. I mean, maybe it was a, a classically trained chicken. So. <laughs> I, I, given all, everything we've seen so far, I just don't trust them to have that much of an eye for detail. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> well, they're real. They're spot on with chicken, you know, exactly. fallacies. Exactly. But when it comes to like That's timelines true. and such, <laughs> we've never they have not got a clue. They're like, who That's can true. tell? That's true. We've Twelve never seen years, the... fifteen years. <laughs> eh. right. The Foley artist has never phoned it in. <laughs> He's a professional. He is. It's like you guys are fools over in your script writing area. Mm-hmm. I, I'm a master of my craft. <laughs> right. Yeah. You guys need to step it up. It's like you don't hire Michael Winslow and not expect the very best. <laughs> well. It's a good one. I like that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> He just edged out Tony for MVP. Oh. <laughs> that was my goal from the beginning of the episode. Exactly. <laughs> so you're voting for Winslow now? Michael Winslow or Alan? Alan. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That'd be my first vote so far from Brent. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I don't think he's voted for you. He's voted for himself. <laughs> but Which probably me bringing that up just lost me the vote. <laughs> so gauche. <laughs> but anyway, go ahead, Ski. Yeah, we're in the kitchen again. We see Rose alone in the in the kitchen, tapping away sadly on Count Bessie's miniature piano. Uh, then Blanche enters and sees this and tries to kind of convince her that you know she needs to get past this, which it really just happened. So mm-hmm. to try and say, oh, you need to get over this, seems a little soon, maybe. 
Yeah, well, but also her reaction seems a little strong. I get that she'd be like, oh, man, this person's going to be really upset. Mm -hmm. Um, So I can understand that aspect of it. But being that upset about the... Well, uh, and she does add that you need to stop torturing yourself. So right. it really comes down to probably she's so upset because she's putting the blame on her. Yeah. So for uh, misplacing the chicken, I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, don't forget. I mean, she also has to explain to somebody with severe depression that she ate her bird. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> that is a hard conversation to have, I exactly. imagine. Now, you go to the grief center on Monday morning. Like, in, oh, her ex- <laughs> in her defense, though, she has the, the, the little... Tupperware of the bird. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so yeah. she didn't eat the bird, she but just, she preserved. No, she can give it a pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> Question is, did anybody eat any, or did they find something else for dinner? I don't know. They seem really enamored with that fried chicken, so I'd have Maybe to imagine they, just they were ate like, what they had, and then you know, the leftovers go to yeah, right. Sylvia. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, she says, you know, start stop torturing yourself, tearing yourself up. Dorothy then also enters and joins in, trying to tell her, you know, it'll be okay. Uh, but Rose is concerned, of course, about what Sylvia will uh, say and feel when she returns home. Uh, Dorothy points out that, you know, Count Bessie had a pretty extraordinary life for a chicken mm-hmm. and should, re- remembered it, should be remembered in a special way. Right. And then again, as you said, Blanche kind of amused herself. She can't help herself and says, yeah, like a roast at the Friars Club. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, she definitely tickled herself with that one. Um, yeah, she bursts into laughter, and Rose gets up and heads to the door. Absolutely, like, literally slaps her own knee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which is pretty uh, harsh. Um, <laughs> but not yeah. only, like you said, not only is it a little in poor taste to you buck know, up, don't be so sad. Right, exactly. <laughs> salt on the wound. She's like, Man, you bitches don't deserve me. <laughs> yeah. But there, there was my favorite line of the episode. Um, was in that scene before, or, you know, a little bit earlier when Blanche is talking to Rose about the, you know, dearly departed. Um, and Rose says, uh, who cooks a musician at the height of their career? Um, <laughs> which I, that was my favorite line, I think, of the episode. But then I also like that Blanche's response was something to the effect of, like, it's not Doc Severinsen, yeah. <laughs> which I was like, I think at that point, Doc Severinsen was like in the Tonight Show band, uh-huh. which, granted, I mean, Johnny Carson was huge, yeah. but it's at the height of his career, and why would that be your go-to musician? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think they were probably just... I mean, I, I do think that the Tonight Show was the height of Doc Severin's oh, career. Oh, well, sure, but <laughs> you know? I just don't think that'd be my go-to musician. <laughs> well, yeah, but I think it's one of those things that, like, you know, there's another plug for an NBC show, and also it's just somebody everybody's going to recognize because mm. pop music's so segmented. <laughs> well, that's true. It's but... one of those things that if she, I don't know. So do you think this uh, was, I don't know, five years later, and you were the one in Blanche's position, you'd be like, it's not like it was Paul Schaefer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. They're so like, Branford Marsalis. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. I like yeah. Branford Marsalis. Yeah, yeah, same here. I don't know enough about Kevin Eubank to have an opinion. I, I, I can't say that I do either. <laughs> but um, there was another line. I don't know if we quite got to it yet. I feel like we did because, you know, Dorothy had been talking about how the chicken had accomplished more in its life than most chickens ever do. Right. Um, but I also loved, this would have been a very close second for my favorite line of the episode, is when she says, uh, all the young chickens are wasting time on playing video games. Um, that's why more <laughs> chickens haven't been successful. So I thought that was a really good line as well. Now, I've gotten up to this point. I want to say since since Angel has already been living with him for a few weeks, mm-hmm. 
I think I may have accidentally erased part of my synopsis. Oh, it's fine. I mean, Basically, I think you hit all the high points. Yeah, yeah, well, I think I left out the fact that she lived with a goat. Like she was in Sicily by herself with the goat. and that Because I had that written down. I remember specifically typing it. Oh, okay. But I don't remember reading it. Well, <laughs> so we like, know that prior to them just asking her to come stay there, they they find out that she lives alone in Sicily with a goat. Yeah. And so they're worried about her loneliness. So they think right. she should move across the ocean to yeah. Miami. It's one of those things that, like, if you're going to send for her stuff, that's fine. But how much does it cost to ship a goat? Oh, I know. Like, <laughs> she must have had a shit ton of money exactly. <laughs> back there. Um, but, and how much stuff she could, could she have had to ship it over the ocean? I mean, it'd be so awkward too. She apparently has very little contact. So who is the person who she's like, can you go and, mm-hmm. you know, package up all my underwear and, right. you know, and other worldly possessions and I trust you enough to do this and then <laughs> ship it to me across the sea. Um, <laughs> just seems, uh, I, I think that if it was me, if I was moving, you know, a transatlantic, transatlantic, uh, move. I would definitely want to be the one to make sure that I packed up my exactly. own stuff. And, right. You know. Well, that's that's the part because I realized that we never mentioned that because there's a big contention. Like Dorothy suggests, oh, why don't you just stay here instead of going back? Right. And we'll send for your stuff. And then Sophia's like, can I talk to you for a minute? Right. Mm-hmm. Hey, you're an idiot. Why are you inviting her to stay here? Well, didn't you want her to stay in Miami? Yeah. Miami, the town, not my home. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I guess you did skip over a, a, a chunk there, but and I, I remember writing that specifically, and I was like, "It's not here." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you got everybody caught up at this point, so now you know why Angela's there, staying with them, and you know, apparently infringing on uh, Sophia's stuff. Yeah, she also mentions that you know one of her you know gripes about her sister, excuse me, is that even as children, Angela always wanted. Whatever you know, Sophia had, right. even if she didn't really want it, yeah, she just wanted to copy her basically. Or well, yeah, and I know as we're getting later, usurp her happiness. Yeah, <laughs> but as we're getting later in the episode, you know, Sophia's getting more and more frustrated with all of the stuff that uh, Angela has been using of hers and sure. whatnot. I think she talks about using her polydent to put a heel back on her shoe. Mm-hmm. Um, talks about using her a skin cream that she uses, and that because she has so many liver spots that she's browner than the temptations yeah i thought that was like oh yeah that, <laughs> that, that didn't age well <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah there's a joke here and there on the golden girl that definitely doesn't uh you know hold up to today's scrutiny but mm. it, it's a show though that does hold up impressively well like it is you know i mean i know we've mentioned before that they especially at the time were quite liberal mm-hmm. um right by the standards of you know the mid to late 80s but Anyways, so yes, very progressive on some of the topics they tackle. Mm, yep, mm-hmm. exactly. So, but I think we're all up to speed at this point. So if you missed, yeah. uh, you know, a half a scene or whatever, I think we're good to go. But yeah, so uh, the uh, Blanche tells her uh, Friars Club joke. Rose stor- starts to storm away, but they stop her and reassure her that you know it was just a joke. And then she continues to head to her room, you know, passing Angela on the way, um, and seeing the passion Rose, you know, put towards the chicken she prepared. She says, throwing herself on the platter and yelling, murderer. She is a bit worried about her uh, mental capacity or right. mental state. Uh, she then tells Blanche and Dorothy that you know she's found a place to live uh, after seeing a bulletin board at the Senior Citizen Center and that she uh, tells them that her new roommate will arrive shortly to help uh, pick, up her new, pick up her things. Right, that have been apparently shipped from... Yeah, and it, if you remember, it's only like two... Grocery, grocery bags, bags yeah. Like <laughs> so, paper bags, even. Right. I'd like to think that one of them had a uh, 
an unpaid for uh, loin of pork in that bag <laughs> that she was sm- smuggling out to her new apartment. God willing. Um, mm-hmm. um, so, you know, Sophia enters the room yelling at Angela for borrowing her pearl necklace this last time without asking. Uh, and she claims that she had borrowed it so she could cover a wart on her neck. Um, then they bicker back and forth a bit. But when Sophia learns that, you know, she's finally found a place to stay, uh, they kind of make up and hug each other as a truce. Uh, then Tony arrives, and they both tell him hi in unison, uh, and he apparently is Angela's new roommate. Mm. Upon hearing this, Sophia jumps right back into being enraged and claiming that this was obs- was no coincidence and that Angela is trying to steal her boyfriend. Right. Uh, they then trade horrible old woman insults at each other uh, before Angela kind of bounds out of the house. Yeah, Tony's a pretty shit boyfriend, too, though, because... <laughs> he didn't stick up at all. Oh, not at all. And Angela's like, get the stuff, let's go. And he's like, all right, I'm out, yeah. see ya. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you know? Like, there's, he's not going to take a second to try to explain things to Sophia or Which smooth the situation. Which wouldn't have been hard. Yeah, I he know. Says, no, no, I've never met her before. We right. Just, Say what you want to about Tony, but at least he doesn't have a type. Yeah. You know, like comparing his other paramour with Sophia. Mm-hmm. They're just <laughs> night and day. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, he... Uh, He's a equal opportunity Flander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good for him. Yep. <laughs> good for him. <laughs> You'll get there someday, Brent. <laughs> Blue chew willing. <laughs> <laughs> so he changed scene again. Again, just a joke. I'm fine. He's <laughs> fine, folks. Uh, just go Tony. to bluechew.com slash stay golden. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe for that we need to be on like a diuretic or something like that that we're advertising for. Mm. Isn't that the thing that helps you pee? Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. So. Yeah. Uh, we see Rose in the living room now uh, with a cage full of chickens. Right. Trying to teach each of them to uh, play the piano, the tiny piano. She must think the chickens have a natural talent for it. If you're just like, <laughs> yeah, I'll just get five random ones and I'll make, you know, I'll be able to train one, one of, them of them to do. Yeah, one of them yeah. will be able to pick up on it, right? Yep. And she starts tapping the little uh, keys with her nose, like uh, pecking at the at, like a chicken would peck at it. Right. Uh, Dorothy enters, of course, and sees this, and is quite worried <laughs> about her uh, her uh, state of mind. Uh, Rose insists that you know Sylvia will be devastated when she comes back and has no musical chicken. Right. Uh, she is surprised that of the four chickens she picked up, not one of them has any musical ability. And this is where Dorothy makes the line that. Uh, she tells her it's a, a sad state and that all the little chickens waste their time playing video games. Uh, Blanche enters then and asks if uh, she could go ahead and prepare them some food, and they all agree. And uh, Rose asks if she should go get Sophia, but Blanche tells her that she's lost her appetite ever since she was stabbed in the back. Rose, of course, you know, takes this literally and is like, oh, my gosh, what happened? Right. And uh, then they need to clarify that Sophia believes that, you know, she purposely got an, or uh, that Angela purposely got an apartment with Tony, and uh, trying to steal her her boyfriend. Blanche is not so convinced that Angela was not trying to steal her, though, uh, as uh, sisters are naturally adversarial. Right. Uh, Rose then uh, agrees, citing it's a genetic predisposition, uh, having to do with the double helix of DNA. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like she's about to say something smart. Right. But then she gives a ludicrous example uh, regarding an episode from The Love Boat. Yeah, that uh, were either of you watchers of the Love Boat? Um, no. I mean, I think that was a show that definitely, you know, was kind of 
not of our time exactly. I watched it. Oh, I, did you? Really? I'm sure we watched that, and then uh, Fantasy Island was right afterwards. Mm-hmm. I don't remember much of the Love Boat. Yeah. I mean, I but a, I do remember watching it with my parents. I have a super vague memory of it being on. I mean, I know the general premise is you know, like I think every episode is a new, mm-hmm. almost kind of like your, you know, uh, hospital type procedurals where mm-hmm. you just have. Yeah. You know, same setting and yeah, different yeah. people with their wacky situations. Yeah. Each episode is just a different cruise, right? Like a cruise ship with so. passengers and stuff. Yeah, so the, the the crew is always the same. Gophers right? the same. Yeah, but yeah, she when and, she's talking about it, she describes um, Peter Marshall on episodes. <laughs> so I, I went to check to see if by chance there was a Peter Marshall episode <laughs> of the Love Boat, yeah. and there was one. Um, and this is the description for that particular episode. Uh, now I believe this is a description by a. a IMDb user, not necessarily yeah. from the you know synopsis from the series itself yeah. or anything, but uh, Connie Pierce feels left out when her husband Steve takes a liking to Jan Willis, who is their baby surrogate mother. Mm-hmm. Julie's recently widowed aunt Sylvia visits with her friend <gasps> Sylvia. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> Betsy, that's where she's on vacation, <laughs> right? Um, with her friend Betsy Boucher, who has been uh, named the executrix. Mm-hmm. Which apparently is a female uh, executor, mm-hmm. which I had never heard that particular term. I've not heard that either. Um, but she has been named the executrix of the estate and obsessively nags Sylvia to conserve money. Then finally, uh, Ruth Gaylor falls for inventor Franklin Trumbauer, which that's one played by Peter Marshall, actually. Okay. Um, you think says, that he has a similar invention well, where you can tell what the inside of a candy is? Apparently, it doesn't appear so, but um, maybe uh, it, it so says, though, that who doesn't notice her because he's too busy attending to his ever present creation, a robot named Bix. So <laughs> I had no. It, that description of that episode made me interested in going back and watching <laughs> some episodes of The Love Boat because that sounds a like lot a lot going, going on. Yeah. I had no idea they didn't introduce sci-fi into yeah. The Love Boat. <laughs> me. So. so if you want to watch a second episode, watch uh, the three-part series, whatever. Um, April's Return, Supermom, I'll See You Again. Well, I guess it was just those are the three stories on season two, episode 26. Okay. So April Lopez returns as a lounge singer. Bud and Margaret's kids disrupt their parents' second honeymoon with constant needs. And World War II veteran Frank and USO entertainer Eve reunite after 35 years. Okay. So you should watch that because Charo, you know, plays April Lopez. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> and then... Um, That's the fruit hat lady, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the uh, the reunion between the World War II soldier and the USO um, is played by Jerry Stiller and Ann Mira. Really? Oh, wow. Okay. Um, and the whole reason I know about this episode is because while Stiller and Mira were doing that episode, the love boat, you know, little Ben Stiller, you know, was with them, you know, cause obviously, you know, they're his parents. So mm. he has to go where they go. And while they were filming that, that was the first time he ever dropped acid. Really? <laughs> 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 the set of the love boat. Nice. How old was young Ben Stiller at the time? 12 or so. <laughs> Jeez. That's starting early, That's a man. Hollywood lifestyle. Yeah. <laughs> Daddy's rich, I yeah. guess. Yeah. 
Man. Interesting. I'll have to check out that episode if yeah. I ever do happen to get around to <laughs> watching two episodes. <laughs> right. It's a stretch, but you never yeah. know. Um, I wonder if uh, dropping asses will give him the uh, inspiration to write Zoolander. It could be. <laughs> you think a twelve-year-old boy? Is like, yeah. <laughs> when I grow up, I'm going to be an actor that portrays a model on TV. <laughs> So I didn't even realize that Ben Stiller was the writer of that particular. Uh, I think he did. Yeah, I trust you. Your your knowledge of you Ben Stiller. Is. I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> I'll be honest. I, I know he. I'm pretty sure he uh, helped produce it, but I don't know if he wrote it. So all. you just are totally just talking out of your ass right now and just going along. You're like, who's gonna fact check me? Oh shit, Brent's gonna fact check me right now. Exactly. Let's see this. Go for it. Maybe we'll all learn something. Zoolander. While he's looking that up, Ski, you can go ahead with uh, with continuing this recap. I think we're barreling towards the finish line at this point. We're getting close. But yeah, she, uh, she makes a comment that, you know, kids are just, or young chickens are just wasting their time with video games. Right. And, uh, where is that? Hold on. And Blanche enters and asks if uh, she can give them some food. And uh, they go in there. She's saying, you know, maybe, you know, Angela was trying to steal Tony away from her. And then she gives uh, the uh, example about Love Boat. Right. But uh, Blanche also gives a similar example from her life in which uh, her sister Virginia and her, or regarding her sister Virginia and her, in which one of the sisters stole the other boyfriend in high school. It was like right before or right after prom or something. Yeah, I think it was on the eve of the prom, like right. senior prom. So, you know, like the biggest dance of high school. Right. You know. And so it turns out, though, that Blanche was the one that stole Virginia's boyfriend as revenge for borrowing her saddle shoes without asking. Right. Which I don't know what saddle shoes are. They're like... Yeah, I don't know either. Yeah. But she said she did leave a scuff on him or she yeah. hardly left a mark on the boy. Right, that's a good line. I'll tell you, though, you know, listen, I think that everybody has accepted, you know, Blanche for, not accepted, but are, are completely fine with celebrating Blanche's uh, promiscuity and all that. That's great. You know, whatever, living her best life. I don't know if there's been a story she's told yet that has painted her in a worse light than that one. <laughs> Where it was like, there was a petty disagreement with my sister, so I caused her heart to get broken by fooling around. On prom, with, yeah. yeah <laughs> right before this very, you know, kind of uh, seminal event type of a certain, you know, situation. Most people, especially at, at the time, I mean, the senior prom was one of the big life events, especially if you weren't going to go off to And they were afterwards. Southerners, so that could be a huge deal. Yeah, yeah. I think it was... Definitely top three events in a young girl's life or yeah. in a girl's life or whatever. Right, yeah. I was like that wedding child kind of a thing. Oh, I was thinking that wedding and then best friends of good health awards. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but here's the thing. I, I totally agree with you if you hit that plateau where yeah. you're a nominee. <laughs> but if, if um, you can't get to that level, I don't mean to fact check you, but it's best friends of friends of good health, I think. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> So. So, I'm a little bitter there, Ski. <laughs> oh, like did you find out. out about Zoolander? Yeah, there were seven credited writers. Was, was Stiller one of them? Yes. Oh, oh. boy. And then Ski's, ski's fact right. checked. <laughs> <laughs> and then Sophia enters saying that uh, she's headed over to Tony's and that she'd just spoken to him on the phone and heard female voices in the background or a female voice and assumed it must mean that Angela's sleeping with him. Yeah. So, you know, she's playing over, go over and kill her. And uh, we'll be back in time for Wheel of Fortune, though. Yeah, I did really like that line, too. That was uh, probably my top, at least in the top three, for sure, of lines of that episode. And she yeah. saw she says it so calmly before she just kind of casually strolls out the door. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, you know, Wheel of Fortune's a, a big show, so you yeah. want to make sure that you're there to enjoy it. Back in the 80s, man, it was even bigger. Oh, sure, yeah. <laughs> that was back when they were still buying shit from service merchandise at the end. Yeah, yeah, that was great. <laughs> yeah, there'd be that uh, ceramic dog. Exactly, <laughs> the white porcelain dog. Yeah. yeah. How old is Vanna White now? Ah, she's got to be in her 60s, I would think. Yeah. So. I mean, her and Pat are about the same age, mm. and I know Pat was in Nom, so. Really? Okay, well, there you go. I think we talked about this previously. Yeah, I feel Probably like it, it was brought up at some in. point. But yeah, I love that about Pat Sajak. <laughs> that he was in Nam. Yeah. Hey, something else we may not have discussed last time. Um, Pat and Vanna do not buy each other Christmas presents. Oh, really? Yeah. They just decided early on they weren't going to be doing that. <clears throat> so. yeah, well, fair enough. Yeah. I mean, it's good to establish a, a set of agreed upon rules in mm-hmm. a relationship early. Exactly. So. But uh, anyway, you can go ahead with that. Uh, we're, we are nearly done. We got just a few scenes left. Uh, so <laughs> <laughs> you getting giddy over there, Brent? <laughs> I am. The election's going to be decided by the time we finish. <laughs> <Right? this>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the Supreme Court will already weigh it in and everything. Exactly. They manually recounted three million votes. <laughs> <laughs> several several states turned. All right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, Sophia then arrives at the apartment and bangs on the door angrily, telling her sister, you know, to open the door. You tramp. Uh, Sophia comes in, or Sophia comes in and immediately accuses her sister of sleeping with Tony, uh, seeing that she is wearing a bathrobe. Angela denies it and tells her that she's just been shopping all day, and she came home and showered. Right. Uh, Sophia tells her that you know she's gonna kill her, in uh, not so many words, and Angela asks, "Oh yeah, how are you gonna do it?" Force me to eat your baked ziti. Yeah, yeah. She always is taking shots at Sophia's food, which everybody else seems to to love. But you know, Angela just got to tear her down at, right at the core. Well, and this of course you know results in another slew of old woman insults between the two. Mm-hmm. Uh, then Tony enters, and uh, you know he's also wearing a bathrobe, so it doesn't make it look any better. But he tries to calm the girls down, and then he looks at Sophia. You know, kind of reassures her. You know, he's not interested in Angela, and that Sophia is the only woman in his life. Uh, she hugs Tony and then hugs Angela kind of forgivingly. And uh, just as that's all going on, a third woman comes out of Tony's bedroom wearing a nightgown, I guess. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's definitely very old woman garby. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, he sent, kind of stammers around. <laughs> it just sounds like a character's name, like old woman garby over there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Peddling her plum pudding. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, tries to explain this off, uh, saying that she's the cleaning lady, right? Which you know she can, you can tell she is offended by, you know. But uh, the supposed cleaning then also says that Tony claimed she was the only woman in his life mm-hmm. uh, before kind of storming back to the bedroom. Uh, Angela and Sophia then proceed to start beating him with their purses. Yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, he's an old man. I mean, those purses, that could be, you know, well, uh, elder it, abuse. Yeah. Sophia's is like, got beads all over it, too, doesn't it? Right. Well, and not only would it be elder abuse, but, I mean, you're, you're taking that man's life in your hands <laughs> when you're beating an 80-plus-year-old man. With, Especially when he's probably already winded and yeah, his, his blood pressure's but up. But you know what? He's got the cleanest wiener in town. He does. <laughs> so, now that Vaughn's cool. gone. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, he's got his own hair and teeth, she says well, earlier true. in the episode. That's true, hair, teeth, and... Uh, what was the third qualification for? Oh, uh, driver's license with no restrictions. No yeah. restrictions. So. She says, yeah, I remember that was actually one of my favorite lines. She says, at my age, that's like dating Tom Cruise. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that is definitely an aspiration for uh, for the 80s. So. Yeah. 
But uh, I like so, that she said Tom Cruise instead of Don Johnson. Yeah. It seems like they go to the Miami Vice well yeah. quite a bit. Yeah, that's true. That is nice that she picked. You know, now, of course, Tom Cruise was a movie star, so he would have been, mm. you know, even hotter shit than uh yeah you know than a don johnson but like you said they've definitely yeah, that's top gun days right there mm-hmm. yeah so uh so we're back at the house now in the kitchen uh the sisters are explaining to uh, uh the the goldens about their bizarre encounter with the cheating tony and explain that uh they may fight between each other but uh they still love each other correct and that uh they start to bicker then over the claim that uh, they get that trait the fighting trait from their mother versus their father. Mm-hmm. Ultimately, Sophia you know, kind of relents and agrees with Angela, sort of, mm-hmm. you know, agreeing with the words, but then shaking her head no. <laughs> yeah. And uh, she then gives Angela the pearl necklace that she had had earlier, as kind of a peace offering and apology for accusing her for accusing her of cheating, and uh, also, of course, to hide the wart. Right. <laughs> They then hear the to- toy piano sounds coming from the other living r- or from the living room, and go to see what's going on. And surprise, surprise, it's Count Bessie has returned. <laughs> and uh, Angela is surprised then to learn that uh, they thought she'd killed a live chicken, mm-hmm. which I'm surprised that they never verified that. Yeah, yeah. They just said, "Oh, from the garage, mm-hmm. must have been." Killed. Well, in fairness, I think Sophia has described being a lot more butchers. Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. That's yeah. not it's not the word, but that yeah. conveys the meaning anyway. Yeah. Um, that she, I definitely think she's over in me, Sicily. There was more of an yeah. agrarian kind of yeah. lifestyle, right? Yeah, exactly. Definitely that it wouldn't be killing an animal. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That it wouldn't be something that'd be outside of their purview. Mm-hmm. Uh, but according to Angela, she's like, "What am I, Conan the Barbarian?" Yeah. <laughs> so I guess that's not her view of the uh, no, not at all. Way she lives. She, in, she's been made soft by her time, uh, her yeah. thirty years she spent in New York. I just can't picture it in Sicily. 1922, her going to the butcher shop to right. get a chicken. <laughs> Maybe she has the goat do it for her. Yeah, it could know? be. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's where the goat's still alive. Right. In that the, he's the chicken preparer. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, it gets a little more contentious when they need a side of beef, though. Yeah. Uh, so she's done with the weirdness of the musical chicken scene here. And Angel says she needs to go find a new apartment. Uh then again, Dorothy insists that, you know, hey, until you find a place, you need to stay with us. And then the g- girls, the sisters say in unison, Dorothy, can I see you for a moment? Yeah. Kind of like motioning to come over here. And yeah. that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it was a nice yeah. ending to the episode overall. It's the end of Angela, too, right? Yeah, surprisingly. I mean, they have Angela on twice in the period of, you know, like, Just like you said, episodes. five, six episodes, whatever it was. Yeah. And then never again. Yeah. And apparently she's moved to Miami, but mm-hmm. <laughs> we're just yeah. never going to see her again. <laughs> so yeah. another 38 years of... Yeah, we see her twice when she's supposedly living in uh, Sicily. Right, yeah. <laughs> but then once she relocates, it's like, yeah. That's yeah. enough of that. Yeah, we'll see her at the market. Um, but anyway, so I, I I actually, I know you said you kind of felt like it was a retread in mm-hmm. a way. Yeah. Um, this was kind of the episode that I wanted the first one to be where... My, one of my big complaints about the first time she was in was just that we didn't get enough Angela and Sophia together, mm-hmm. whereas this one had quite a bit of that, you yeah. know, since she was in it from the very beginning. Um, so I like that. I didn't think it was great as far as uh, just a ton of funny lines, <laughs> but uh, I thought there was definitely enough. I, I, Did you I def- have a favorite funny line? Well, like I said, I think my favorite one was uh, who the kills a game? singer or oh. who fries a singer or eats a singer in, you know, <laughs> uh, in the prime of his career. Um but, uh, but like I said, in the video game, too, one was also high up there on the list. But um, 
I don't know. I, I definitely enjoyed the episode, though. So, Do you have a favorite line, Brent? Um, I did like the bit about the, the roast of the Friars Club. <laughs> you know, I thought that was okay. My favorite was, I think, uh, when they had their little old woman spats between two of each other. Mm-hmm. Where they, they, they were fairly creative both times. And I like the fact that it did mirror the last episode they were in together because they did the same thing. Mm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It's a good observation. So. Mm. So how many, uh, or who was your MVP for this episode, Ski? Sophia. Uh, she was a runaway. Like, mm. it was between her and Angela. Like, Sophia's better. And how about you, Brent? Um, I guess I am going to go ahead and give it to Blanche, you know. Um, I mean, it was, you and Tony were neck and neck. We just sort of canceled <laughs> each other out. No, yeah, we, uh, we, uh, yeah, we stole each other's votes. You did. Yeah. You did. Um, it's just a race to third place. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> So, B, yeah, I'll give it to Blanche just because, you know, she did have those three times that she made herself laugh yeah. and everything. So it was just nice to see a different side of her, even if only for a week. Fair enough. Um, I think I, I'm going to go with Ski on this one and go with Sophia. Um, I just thought overall. Now, granted, Sophia is there almost exclusively for comic. Not that the whole show is not a comedy, but mm-hmm. almost every line that comes out of Sophia's mouth is specifically a joke. Yeah, uh, and not a lot of exposition. Right. Yeah. So any episode that she's in a lot of tends to have, you know, mm-hmm. more opportunities. She gets a lot of the zingers. Yeah, exactly. So mm-hmm. it's just part of her personality. I mm-hmm. think she's definitely the older and wiser, but she does. I mean, she's definitely got the comedy timing down better than most. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so how many slices of the cheesecake did this one earn for you, Ski? I gave it 6.5. Oh, that was pretty good. Pretty high score. And and you, Brent? Eight. Eight? What, really? <laughs> Are you being serious? Yeah. I just I don't know how the election's going to go. And if it does go <laughs> south, I want my first thing for this new administration to be a pro-immigration stance. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I like the episode. Um, I can't go... So- you're gonna screw up our entire rating system i didn't get the impression you even really loved the episode much you could go with the two to drag it down i don't want to i kind of like the pro-immigration i like now if she was already in new york for so long though do we not know that she has dual uh, citizenship yeah well i mean she's uh, she probably does still have dual citizenship and everything. But, I mean, if she's 80-some and she only spent 30 years here, mm-hmm. I mean, five-eighths of her time's right, yeah. been elsewhere. Yeah. So I would consider her an immigrant, especially because she's been gone 30 years as well, right? Mm-hmm. Right, that's true. You know. Yeah, I just noticed, though, that you're only pro-immigration when it's from a you know majority white country. So. <laughs> <laughs> what if I ever dissuaded anybody from coming here? Oh, well, I don't know if you ever dissuaded somebody specifically, but you do live in the middle of white America. So you probably haven't had too many people <laughs> for your, your advice. Um. Exactly. You know, by the time they make it this far inland, those masses are no longer huddled. Right. <laughs> They're yearning to be free from you, perhaps, but exactly. not, not from the shackles of their um mm-hmm. you know prior anyways yeah. like i said i liked the episode um i did not like it uh, to where <laughs> i would make it a contender for the greatest ever but uh, i'll give it my honest answer even though i don't think yours is um, uh-huh. i'm gonna give it a six it got six for me so between your six and his 6.5 and my eight mm-hmm. we got ourselves a, uh, a, contender. It's a, it's a definite contender it is likely to be in the top two at this point um, for this season so um i thought it was yeah. a pretty good episode though so you know we yeah. can have worse uh, well I'm <laughs> <laughs> this has been we could skew it in other ways 
good. I, I, I don't know if we are harsher judges this season or if the season has had, I don't know, just kind of more yeah. so-so episodes. I mean, I don't feel like there's been an episode that I was like, oh, that was a waste of 25 minutes of my life to watch right. yeah. at all. I mean, I, I think they've all been good, but our scores have been a little bit more I don't conservative. Know. Yeah, I would say so. Which I don't know. Like I said, it may just be that the episodes haven't hit us quite the same way the first season worth did, or <laughs> we're holding it to higher standard now. Um, but yeah, this one's going to probably be competing. We should put together <laughs> for, a bar chart. Well, you uh, probably will. You probably I, have. I, I very well at some point might, but we'll see if it uh, trails off as the seasons <laughs> right, go on. Like yeah. Average of like uh, five or six in season one. Average of four in season two. <laughs> I don't think it'll ever get that low as an average, but I guess we'll have to wait Average and see. of one and a half Gosh. in season seven. Well, I mean, maybe if we got into the Golden Palace, um, <laughs> we might be flirting with those really low numbers. I don't know. But anyways, you know, anyways, I guess. I didn't hate this as much as I hated the last one. Right. <laughs> so with that overinflated score, um, yeah, stay golden, Coco. Hey, thanks so much for downloading today. If you enjoyed that opening, you should definitely check out Ashley Jade on YouTube. She has a bunch of awesome compositions on there. If you want to get in touch, you can email us at sophiaschoicepodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach us on Twitter at sophiaschoicepc. We plan to have a new episode out every Monday. If you have a moment, give us a rating on iTunes or wherever else fine podcasts are downloaded. And of course, stay golden.